Thank you for joining with us for another episode of Morning Briefings here on the Pipeline Intercession for the President and on our podcast. If you have any dreams that you have about the office of the president, please send them to pip at christiansindustryreport.com. We're so thankful that you all have joined in with us on this prayer journey, and we look forward to standing with you not only today, but in the days ahead. So with that, we'll go ahead and join today's broadcast as we talk about the news and stand on the wall for this nation and the office of the president. All right. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Zach Arsketing coming to you live from North Carolina. And today we are blessed to be back. Uh, Hopefully you guys are refreshed as much as I am. I needed this from this past uh, week of travels with the baby. And so uh, we're all refreshed here and and back on the saddle praying not only for this nation but the office of the president. And today we want to focus on and really throughout the next several weeks as we lead up to these midterms of really dealing with uh, what Chuck calls dethroning the thrones of iniquity, um, going back from our recent uh, walkthrough of the reordering our day, he, he points to um, his in his book, uh, The Future War of the Church, and specifically uh, chapter 4 of Dethroning the Thrones of Iniquity, in dealing with some things of where the Lord has placed us and and why he has placed us in certain regions. And today, we really just want to praise the Lord for the boundaries uh, of the areas in authority and natural and in the spiritual that he has given us as we um, walk out the destiny the Lord has for each and every one of, one of us. And today's verse is, is found in Acts 17, verse 26. You probably are all aware of this, but we just want to build a foundation here for where the Lord has given us these boundaries. And so I want to pull it up here. Make sure I have it. Okay, here it is. In verse 26, we see here, And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth. And this is the important part, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation. So we see here that the Lord has given us and really set our boundaries of our dwelling place and really predetermined our times. And that's a loaded statement there, uh, but we just want to stick with it. And we want to be very aware of the times that we are living and walking in, i.e., understanding of what it means to be a son of Issachar, uh, an Issachar prophet, understanding the times and seasons that we are in. That's the the mind frame he's walking out there. And then ultimately praise God for our boundaries. And in reality, he also points out, he says here, uh, as part of this prayer point is that, and I'll pull it up here, he says, or if you are misplaced, ask him to shift you supernaturally into the place that you belong. And as we come before the Lord in this time of prayer, throughout our prayer time, these next couple weeks and and, and updating on the news, is we're now in a season where it's time to understand the authority that in the places he's he's set us as we're coming closer to the midterms, making sure you're registered to vote. I know most states are coming up 
with um, the deadline to register to vote uh, in these midterms as these ne- these next elections will be very crucial for the coming um, elections and for this nation as well. So we just want to praise the Lord for the boundaries that we are set in as we see here in Acts 17.26 that he sets the times, appointed times and boundaries of our habitation. Okay, now, with that we have some international news to stay up on and really I want to focus on the involvement and potential involvement for the future of this administration, where they stand currently, and then potential outcomes that could come out of it, and then some other moves that have been happening with Israel um, and Lebanon over this past week. They've been really happening the last couple months, but we've been focusing on the Iran nuclear deal. Uh, But first in Ukraine, where we saw last week that they have submitted an accelerated NATO application. You say, well, okay, that's fine. Um, What does that have to do with us? Well, if that goes through, which it has to get approval from all 30 30 NATO nations, and who knows realistically what that um, vote will actually look like before it, as it comes to NATO, get passed through each nation, their legislatures, etc., stuff like that. So, this may or may not happen, but this is an interesting play for Zelensky. He obviously wants more funding. He wants more backing because he feels alone. Again, our prophetic is the Lord has shown us that will that is a place Ukraine will be in, and they're going to have to learn how to fight on their own. And they're doing a, a very good job of it on their own for now, um, even after the annexation of the regions in um the eastern portion of Ukraine, they've fought back and taken some of those lands back. The question is, is what does Putin deem that as? Does, since he said that there's a part of Russia, does he now deem that that is an invasion on Russia, um, poss- the, the possibility of increased nuclear weapons being used in this conflict? Does that then respond to NATO, Ukraine, doing something in like manner? The possibilities are out there. I'm not saying I know what is what. Uh, but Putin is upset that Ukraine is using NATO, quote-unquote, what he's calling Western weapons, uh, that NATO nations, the United States more specifically, have been giving them. And so he's not, Putin is not happy about that. And so the reason we want to be aware of that is because if Ukraine gets into NATO, or it looks like he will, then that will be a direct conflict that not only the United States, but NATO will be involved in. You also have General Petraeus coming out this weekend on ABC News This Week saying that um, if nuclear weapons are used from Putin, he uses his quote-unquote tactical weapons, that the U.S. will lead the NATO forces in the destruction of Russia's national um, conventional forces. And their forces have a debacle going on where they're, most of their men don't want to fight. Younger age men, military age fighting men don't want to fight and they're running. And so the question will be, and this is the question being asked from those around the world is, is Russia in a position to be able to suffer longer 
than, say, Europe, NATO, other nations involved in this possible conflict. And the real question is, is do we really understand what this conflict is causing? Some leaders do, some leaders don't, especially with the wheat and grain in that region of how it affects the rest of the world. So there's a lot to be aware of and pray for, just our leaders to have wisdom in this involvement. Um, I'm not saying I know either way which what is the best way, because I think this is a very complicated uh, issue in the natural, but then also in the spirit, is it's as well. Um, and this is one of those positions where we need to pray for our leaders to have wisdom, because if the Lord, you know, if he gives the authority and says, go in this battle, then, okay, we have to be obedient. But then if he says, no, stay out, stay out. And right now, it's it's there's no yes to going in. It's a just Ukraine's got to fight this on their own um, for whatever reason. So we're we're seeing that play out. Um, and in reality, we've been talking about it here, is, is it's kind of wise just to give money and so we don't have to go into World War Three. Does that escalate? We'll see. Hopefully not. Hopefully this can be resolved beforehand um, in pushing back, unlike, pushing back against Russia, unlike what the rest of the world did when the Nazis went into Czechoslovakia and then into Poland and France and et cetera, so on and so on, and then you, therefore you get World War Two. Okay. So next, another involvement with our administration that is very, 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 I can't stress this enough, very alarming, is there was a deal made, so kind of lay the groundwork on this, there's a deal made with between Israel and Lebanon to basically give up the maritime, the water drilling rights within a certain region on the water disputes between Israel and Lebanon in the Mediterranean Sea. And Israel has given up those rights to Lebanon, and um, Hamas is leadership involved in this. And Lapid, the current prime minister of Israel, is saying, well, we get 100% security guarantees, and if they find any water in our water rights, then we get 100% um, profits from that and even portions of the natural gas and oil if they find it. question is you're not dealing with an honest, um, good faith partner in, in these negotiations. But where there are major problems in this is, number one, the Biden administration uh, appointed someone by the name, I want to make sure I get this name right, of Amos Hochstein to basically be the mediator in this. He's an Israeli, Israeli Jew who works in the United States for the Biden administration along the energy sector. And then he was sent to Israel and Lebanon in the Middle East for these negotiations directly to resolve this conflict. And it's funny how this conflict is quote-unquote getting resolved, this dispute negotiation, it's getting resolved in one way, in one way only, of Israel, like the United States, is giving up its water rights to uh, the adversary, as the United States gave up its water rights in the Gulf of Mexico to Venezuela under Obama. You're seeing here Israel give up its water rights to Lebanon in a dispute of maritime water issues 
to Lebanon. So very troublesome there for our administration to be involved in this. And that's not the only reason why. The reason why it's very alarming is in how this deal is being resolved. In the fact that Lapid was trying to keep this deal under wraps. And Netanyahu pointed out very clearly of, look, this is, does not do any good for the people of Israel as they're giving up their water rights and that they're trying to hide it. And, and Netanyahu comes out and says this. He says he's giving us Hezbollah. Excuse me, I said Hamas. It's Hezbollah. Um, he said, Yair Lapid shamefully surrendered to Hezbollah. Uh, th- he is giving Hezbollah sovereign territory of the state of Israel with a huge gas reservoir that belongs to you, citizens of Israel. He was trying to not only give up these rights, is trying to give up these rights, he is also doing this without trying to bring this before the Knesset to have there be a vote, which there are some within Israeli's parliament that says that this is not legal, that there has to be a parliamentary vote for it to actually be a sovereign agreement. Uh, just like here in the United States, if the president agrees to something with a foreign nation, it has to come back to the Congress and Senate for it to be voted forward. Same process has, applies in Israel. And so for the fact that the administration is involved in something like this is alarming, to say the least. Um, and, and there is an interior minister, Aliette Shakud, whoever, who's called for a vote, in saying that such an agreement, an important agreement, absolutely cannot pass without the approval from the real sovereign, and that is the Knesset. The Israeli public has the right to know the details of the agreement. Everything must be fully transparent, and that is the huge part of this problem. There are those even uh, asking for clarifications of what's actually in this deal. They don't know what's in this deal, so it's okay we're giving up these security rights, we're giving up these water rights, we're giving up these natural gas rights. For what? They don't know. And and Lapid is making it seem like um, this deal's too too good to be true, too good to pass up. And then those are the type of deals you got to question and question at length. And the fact that our administration is involved in this is something, uh, number one, we need to pray for and more so re- repent for of their involvement in this deal um, to force Israel to give up drilling rights and water rights with um Lebanon and then ultimately continue to pray for the peace of Jerusalem and that there would be leaders who would rise up uh, and stand against this. And unfortunately, it is an Israeli Jew who is involved in these negotiations on behalf of the Biden administration um, that is is very, very problematic. And yes, Mr. Chan, water is life, war or now for the future. Yes, and that's huge because not only are they giving up um, natural gas rights, or they're also giving a water where they're able to desalitize um, and use throughout their country, um, as Israel can be a dry place if you've ever been there. And if anybody's going this next trip around, um, you'll see, you'll see. Uh, even though it's it's October, it, it'll still be hot, and you make sure you drink plenty, plenty, plenty of water. All right, here on the home front, kind of a, a rundown for this week. Uh, some things that have happened, some things to look out for, and things to prepare for in the days ahead. First, there is the fact that we've gone over this bill, that Newsom has signed the bill making California sanctuary 
state, really, for child-affirming gender care. Um, we've gone through the problems involved in this that basically the state is able to ignore federal law where states are required to send a child back to a state where the parent still has the right. Um, they're able to hide. They're trying to hide more so the um, surgeries that are going, gender-affirming care that is going on within the state of California, allowing the court to take temporary jurisdiction because the child um, has been unable to care. And so these these are quite alarming. And the reason we want to point this out is because, yes, it's alarming that it's happening, but also is there's a lot of trigger laws in some of other states along the East Coast that they're looking to California for how they're handling such situations similar to these. Um, the main specific one that is starting to come to light is involving electric vehicles and the sales of, of combustion engines. And so we're seeing these type of laws making its way. Oh, it doesn't affect us. We're not in that state. But, but in reality, it does. And so pray for your leaders. Pray for those who are in, in, in about to come into office to have wisdom to stand up to this um, as this attack against children who are alive um, to mutilate them and to affect the ability to have future children. And, and we just remember the report of that one girl who took puberty blockers and her parents feel just horrible. And she feels horrible. I mean, it's it's a 18-year-old girl who sounds like a man because of the puberty blockers and things she took. Um, double mastectomy and stuff like that is is it, it is just outrageous um, that these people would would go after the innocence of children to do this. Not only uh, that, but even when adults do it, it's very very troubling um, and harmful to their bodies. And uh, next, uh, we want to repent for some very divisive words that the vice president said this past weekend uh, when talking about relief for Hurricane Ivan of only going to base to communities of racial equity. Um, that's very alarming to hear come out of the White House, not only to be said by a politician, but more so specifically out of the White House. And as we're praying for the office of the president and Kamala Harris falls under that, we just want to repent um, for those words being said. And, and thankfully, thankfully, <laughs> uh, the FEMA head uh, came out and really squashed that. Uh, FEMA Administrator uh, Dina Criswell basically said, no, they're going to go to all communities, and it's going to be based upon need rather than um, racial lines. And it's just preposterous that for that to come out. So we just, we just want to repent um, for those divisive words and really can give thanks for a leader who has some sanity uh, and fear of the Lord and, and pray for intercede for leaders who do have the fear of the Lord to continue to rise up and stand against such a divisive message uh, that is coming out of the White House uh, now and in the season ahead. This is very just very preposterous to come out of the White House. Um, and then this week in the Senate, we're seeing, and this is good and bad <laughs> to a degree, um, Chuck Schumer has last last week released everyone to go home, campaign, leave Washington, saying that there will be no more votes in the Senate. He will not call a vote in the Senate until November 14th. 
So the good thing is, okay, they're not going to do anything to vote on, anything for the next several weeks. Positive, they're not in Washington, overreaching. But the problem in this is, is that it's basically a delay until November 14th, where when they come back, if they've won or lost, it's a lame duck Congress and Senate. They can vote for and have no repercussions whatsoever um, when they come back because they could can't be campaigning for these next five, six weeks and literally do the opposite afterwards. And so that's going to be really telling to see if they win. Some of them win, get back in office. Did they actually adhere to some of the things that they're campaigning on? If they lose, are they going to go out and do the opposite and 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 lie off of what they were campaigning very interesting to see there uh, but also note that it is and will be a season of high campaign for everyone the commercials have already started the radio advertisements are about to start the online advertisements are about to start the the facebook blocking youtube blocking instagram blocking Twitter, all that stuff has already started. We've been a part of it. Dutch Sheets has been a part of it. Morningstar has been a part of it. They've pulled all their stuff from YouTube. They are only on Rumble and Morningstar TV. Um, I mean, Dutch is now going every day to Rumble, um, as he should. Very good for him. And and so we're starting to see things ramp up. Um, I don't know if you heard from us last week. They're, they're going after even some of the things that... Um, we've spoken at at other congregations because they see the same name. They see our name there. They're blocking them for some something that has nothing to do with anything involving that congregation. Um, it's just very alarming to see all that stuff come up. And so we just want to pray and continue to pray and intercede for voters ahead of these midterms to vote, be, get registered to vote, number one. And then vote based upon biblical moral values with these coming elections. And so this is this is where we're at. This is what is going to be happening the weeks ahead. Most likely nothing be going on in Congress and Senate. It will be all campaigns to hopefully save their seats for those who are in potential. And things are completely up in the air. This red wave, red tsunami has completely gone out the window. You don't hear Republicans talking about that. Um, maybe some who are delusional and don't understand the realities uh, of the actual feet on the ground situation. It will be a day of. Is Can you get your people out to vote? Can you motivate them enough? And Democrats are making abortion the motivating factor. Republicans should be making abortion the motivating factor to say, look, in each state we have the, the, the ability to make this decision ourselves. And if you don't put the right person in office is understand that they will not only go for it in each state, but they will go to allow abortion at the federal level. Republicans are getting mad at Lindsey Graham for standing up against that because he realizes that, look, you can sit here and say we want federalism on this issue, but Democrats don't. They're going to fight to have it be a national issue. And and we can sit here and say, yes, we we've been fighting and we only want to fight for it to be a state's issue, that's fine. Then put people in office who, who want that. Then campaign and, and push for people who want that at a federal level or at a state level. And, and so we, there's a lot to come up to and a lot to 
to vote for, not only at the top of the ballot, for governor, for senator, for congressman, but down ballot, mayor, city council members, school board members, etc. It's going to be very important for parents to be motivated, get up and go vote in this next election as the potential to stand up for biblical moral values is very key coming this election. And then last thing, I'll close on this, very, very positive news is last week a federal judge ruled against Stacey Abrams and her organization that she created since last election, her Fair Fight for Georgia, to basically try to overturn the last election in 2018 for governor um, and really just kind of put a squash to that saying a lot of the laws that have been put in place are unconstitutional a lot of the process that was done last time was unconstitutional and making very just generalistic claims of quote-unquote voter suppression and, and harming minorities in the voting process etc stuff like that and so this is just a very positive note moving forward into this this next um, coming election season excuse me where justice is reigning forward and then something I'll look into it this week is there's news coming out now about the as the Supreme Court gets back into hearing cases in October now of we'll be looking at some of those cases of what's actually before them what they'll be deciding upon uh, as they will most likely not come out till May June on the rulings on some of them, maybe some before, some later. And so we really want to be aware of what they're hearing, praying for as potential freedoms could be taken away, limited, etc. Um, but that they could also be upheld depending on how they're argued, who's arguing them, and how they, they are ruled upon. Um, and so we'll be looking at that this week as there that'll be kind of the only legislative... Um, or more so the, the governmental thing that's actually being pushed forward, and it'll be a long, drawn-out battle there for the Supreme Court in the cases that they're hearing. So let's continue to pray for this administration and pray for the White House, more specifically the Office of the President, that those who are there would realize the consequences of their decision and have the fear of the Lord in involving Ukraine, in involving Israel, um, and then obviously here at home, uh, for us as voters to really understand the consequences of things that are even going on in Alton, California that we may think, oh, we don't have authority over that, but in reality is they do affect us um, in more ways than we realize. Um, even here on the East Coast, for those of us here um, in Florida, Georgia, and North, North and South Carolina, and, and up to Virginia and New York as well. So blessings, and I will be here uh, for the next several weeks um, We'll have noon prayer today, and then I we got to get together on a plan as far as what we're going to be doing while our team is in Israel. So uh, I will be here each and every morning. Blessings to each and every one of you who follow along, and I will see you guys later. Have a good one.